millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. Okay, thank you very much. And again, guys, uh, my name is Ron. I'm the founder of the Hustle Share podcast. And if you're not familiar with the show, uh, we are a podcast for the startup gauge community. And what we do is we talk about uh, the hustle behind how all the startups are done. And today uh, we have a special, special arrangement because as we speak, this is a live podcast. So if you want to be part of the show, we will open the floor later on. But as we speak, everything that you say, so be careful, huh? Because uh, it's recorded, and as we speak, we're recording it right now, and it's, it's going to be up very, very soon in our next Hustle Share Live. So again, today, it's very special because we have three very unique hustle rock stars that we've been at. So um, just like how I do it in a normal formatted show, let's talk about your heart. Woo, thank you. I love you too. Um, it's this Roland, so he's been on the show. But guys, I have this question that I always ask. Uh, but let's introduce you first. So welcome to the show, Goldie Yancha of BuildDev, DM Barun of Skillbean, and Dave Malholtra of Sold Out with, with double T's. Okay, real quick, let's, let's take a deep dive first of what you guys do. Let's start with Dave. Dave, um, what's your hustle? So... Um uh, I, I wear two hats. Um, actually, I run a digital disruptive tech uh, building company in Bangkok. Okay. And uh, I also run a, a startup called Sold Out. The idea is we, we build whatever is crazy. Whatever uh, is crazy. So that's whatever me. is crazy. Me. Okay. So what do you mean by, <laughs> by, by, by whatever is crazy? 
Uh, well, the thing today is uh, everybody is everybody has easy access to uh, digital technology and the way you do things, and it's just everything is a Google uh, search away, right? right. But um, to really get it right, to really build a product that actually creates an impact. Uh, there's a lot of thinking and there's a lot of uh, business mindset. There's a lot of uh, tech mindset that you have to put into that. And, um, and you know a lot of people when they want to build a startup, they just come up with a very small idea right. and then they just go and do it and then they fail fast, right? right. But the idea is, uh, the thing is if you don't validate it, you don't, you don't really understand what you're building mm -hmm. and you don't really know how to build it fast because yeah. you might have a big vision but then you can't build it fast, you can't do an MVP and all that. Um, then you end up wasting a lot of time, right. which is which is in a way it's a value, mm -hmm. but um, but then you want to do it right. So that that's where we come in basically. Um, okay. We go in and we try to understand the business strategy. We are trying to understand the the need of the market. We validate it a little bit, and then we build a product for for them. Yeah. So well, we, in terms of how you built it, right? How long has it been since you founded the company? Um, Doing, I've, I've been doing consulting for the last probably eight years now, okay. but uh, as a company, we've been running for three years, and uh, we do projects for corporates as well as MVP, yeah. uh, like startups, small startups, um, and yeah, based on that, it's uh, we've, we've built a lot of products already. Yeah. Now, the reason what we want to tackle and what's unique about this panel right here is we want to show differences and most of all, similarities. What are, I'm very curious of, so you've seen the Philippine startup ecosystem, so shout out to Startup PH. How's this, so how, how's it like for the Thailand ecosystem? This is what's profound because you always say that, yeah, we need to be like Silicon Valley, that's what we always talk about here in the Philippines, but how's it like in Thailand and how, how, what's the ecosystem like there? Um, well, I would say we're so young and um, uh, we were getting a lot of support now with okay. from the government, from uh, from the people from the industry, and from corporates. Uh, there's a lot of corporate VCs in in uh, in, in Thailand, um, but I do still see that are very far behind in terms of uh, um, innovation and yeah. you know like building a startup that actually takes it to the next level. We don't have a unicorn yet, so oh. we need to get there. Um, there. Oh, we got sold out. <laughs> oh, you heard here first. Hopefully. Um, so, uh, it, it's it's a long way to go, but then I, I have a feeling that like, uh, we're not going to be alone because Southeast Asia has similar problems yes. and similar uh, ecosystem. Uh, I do see that if different countries work together, yeah, I think we could build something big together. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Now let's move forward to our next guest, a good friend of mine. My name, his yeah. name is DM Barun of Skillbean. So DM, what's your hustle? So, uh, hello. There you go. Yeah. Um, so let me start that with a question, huh? There. That's a that's the first time I've ever had that here. <laughs> but okay. So it's like, how many of us over here, after school or college, university, graduation, anything, what did we follow as curriculum in life? There's no such thing. Right? So it's, yeah. it's always three options. One, either you get a good company that tells you how to grow. Okay. Or you get a good mentor who teaches you what to do. Or you're super smart and super capable that you're going to figure out your own shit. Or for be a YouTuber. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so what we do is we take that pain the, for 
everyone in the society and try to model it into a modern school. Right. So what we do is we go to corporates and we create a specialized curriculums for their employees. Wow. Where the employees are taken through a journey from you start from point A to point B. Got it. But what's behind it is we make sure that the company has enough data. Okay. Did you know that HR in HR L&D is the only part that doesn't have ROI. What? You have ROI for your admin, you have ROI for your, even how much money you're spending on a janitor. Right. But you don't have ROI calculations for training money spent. Wow. So that's one thing that we focus on. And we make sure that we help the companies to gather enough data to one, understand their employees better, okay. uh, who listens to podcasts and understands, who listens to mentorship and they learn. Right. Uh, based on that, we kind of give them a customized curriculum from our marketplace. Got it. Uh, so that's our main hustle. Got it. But let's track back. Let's, we'll ride the time machine, uh, put the sound effects now on this one. But, but for you, you didn't, you're, you didn't go up grow up from here, right? You, you immigrated. Yes. How's the hustle? How's, how's it different from here? And we kind of talked about it yes. prior to the show that, you know, it was totally different back in India and how you, when you started moving out here. What was that difference? So my first company was when I was 17 years old. Okay. It's not because I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. It was because that's the most common sense to do from where I come from. So, yeah. by the way, I come from Bangalore, from India. So, Bangalore is the Indian Silicon Valley that you can uh, talk about. Mm -hmm. So, imagine if you walk down just the SM Aura building, the length, you would find about like 15 startups. Wow. So, think of any idea you would have close to 10 competition. Okay. And India is a special place where it's one idea just competes for market share in one city and one region. Okay. But imagine every city has similar companies. Okay. So it's like multiplying Manila by like 20 times and wow. the companies in Manila. So where I came from was much more aggressive in terms ah. of unit economics, in terms of even one thing I was telling, sharing with Goldie earlier was today people, we talk and we share a lot of information. And like I have people come up to me and even say that, hey, DM, this is my unit economics. What do you think of my business model? I have never heard that being shared in India because one, people are protective of their business models. Right. Because it's easy to uh, kind of replicate or just tweak few things. Okay. So Philippines for, us, for me is, is nascent and second is, 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 has an opportunity where it doesn't have to make the mistakes that India made. Uh, so yeah, that's what I see as a primary difference. All right, now last but definitely not the least, a good friend of mine, Tita Goldie. Goldie, <laughs> sorry. You titified yourself on your post a few days ago, so I had to do it. But Goldie, what's your hustle? Hey guys, happy to be in Tectonic and Hustle Share. Yep. Um, so at the risk of sounding cheesy, Ron. I, I know. Did you bring an uh, audience with you, Tita I Goldie? I, I, I won't go about that. Okay. But um, yeah. Um, I don't think that it's just my hustle. It's our collective yes. hustle, right? We're yes. talking about unicorns here and innovation ecosystems, yep. right? Um, before we get to that, we start with people. 
Yes. Um, we start with encouraging people to become more entrepreneurial. Yes. And for the ones who are entrepreneurs, we want to help entrepreneurs win. Support, so, yes. Yeah, personally, that is my hustle. Yes. I'm very passionate and driven about helping entrepreneurs win. Um, and how I'm able to do that with wonderful people in the team um, is through running um, an accelerator, which is basically um, helping businesses get to the next level, not just mm -hmm. in terms of economic growth and all these things, right? Yeah. But a lot of positive spillover effects that are captured by things like Hustle Share, podcasts, inspiring each other, um, community support, um, linkages, helping people collaborate through co-founders, mm -hmm. linkages, business dev, all these things, right? And um, it might not be one specific um, social enterprise or startup, but the more we help each other succeed, the more examples we can set, the more solutions we create. We right. don't just distribute um, other solutions, right? Right, right? But we solve our own problems. And if we create and foster more of that culture of problem solving, and right. I, th I think we're headed to better direction. Absolutely. Now, let's ride a time machine. I'll borrow the time machine first, Mr. DM. Okay, I'll give it to Goldie here. But you've been... So for those of you guys who have just been acclimated with the Philippine startup ecosystem... We've been on since around 2012. And a lot of things has changed. And Goldie has been there since the start, or at least in the very early ages. How has things changed, and at least for the better or for the worse, for what you see now in our own ecosystem, like compared to like Thailand, now there's corporate and whatnot. There's a lot of changes here. But from your perspective, from a community development point of view, how's, how's that been like? Um. Uh, I'm very optimistic, but also in a balanced way. So let's start about the good things first. Um, when we talk about ideas, at the start, um, it was actually similar, but the intention was different, right? People would not want to share their ideas because they're afraid it'll get stolen. Yes. But then the thing is, the idea remains an idea. It, it never gets built on. Yep. Um, and it's usually uh, products looking for problems to solve. Yes. Now, though, I think uh, there's more of an appreciation of really understanding what the market problem is okay. and leveraging on um, internal strengths and skill sets and, uh, you know, kind of connections to be able to address that problem. So, you know, kudos to uh, entrepreneurs who are doing that today. Okay. Um, I was also sharing yesterday, um, listening to a pitch of several um, startups to some VCs. Okay. It was just like the pitch decks are just so different from before. Now there's clear basis of valuation. Right. How much are you looking for? Why yep. you're valuing things that way? Right. What do you want to <laughs> achieve? And how are you going to use the money? Which okay. is so different before, right? Hype is important. But it's like, we were talking about this earlier. It's a necessary but not a sufficient condition, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You got to have the numbers back then. Yes. We want to achieve the dream, but we want to have to know the rigor, the discipline that it takes to get to that dream. So I think we're, we're getting it. We're getting well, it. What about the bad side? Okay, It can't just be all rainbows and butterflies. Because for some reason also, I mean, we're doing enough, but not quite. Right. I mean, close, but no cigar. What's still missing? Because, you know, I mean, if you look at, if you compare, yeah, we have a unicorn, sort of. Again, it's debatable, our unicorn here. 
But what what has what's still missing, and what are we still doing wrong? Two things, uh, top of mind. One's critical mass. Um, entrepreneurship is sexy, but really, you guys all know it. It's we're all not. sexy. I thought I thought we're all sexy. You guys okay. are. Cool. All three of you are sexy. Thank you. But Thank we know, you. like, the right? website, the front now. end is all so right. sexy, UX, right. back end, you know? Yeah. Um, how it's coded, that's all spaghetti, <laughs> shitty, all these things, right? Like, right? But you have to solve that. Um, like, wanting to achieve something and knowing that at the start, you have to be your own CEO and janitor. Right. The appreciation of that um, yes. kind of culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, critical mass uh, takes time and takes collaborative efforts. Yes. Um, and to be fair to our ecosystem, we have been um, getting together to be more integrated. Okay. Um, another thing is um, taking the risk. Um, and I say that not just from an investor's point of view or from a founder point of view. It's like just being the person that you are, right? If yes. you're part of this ecosystem and you're here for a reason or you're listening to this podcast for a reason, okay. are we just dwelling on what we can do or are we willing to do what needs to be done? Are we cool. getting shit done because it's oh, sh things that are beyond us? Oh my word. God, was okay, it like harassing? Go. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. So hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24.
good. All right, now rapid fire questions. You now told us what your hustle is and your your, your your perspective on the ecosystem. I'm curious about same question for every one of you guys. What skill did you develop in your previous hustles that you use the most now in what you do? Let's start with you, DM. So my previous hustle was a failed startup. Right. Um, we I I thought it was failed because I benched it. Right. And one of the key thing was it's. It doesn't matter whether, like one of the key things that everyone talks about today is, hey, I'm running a startup, DM, where do you know anyone I can raise funds from? Yeah. That's not the key thing. Uh, like one of the biggest things that I heard always run, you don't have to mimic Silicon Valley. Right. Run after profitability, run a value add business, mm -hmm. whether it's a product, whether it's a service. Yes. Make sure that there is run behind value rather than running behind valuation. Valuation, you will get it. And at the same time, you can justify better valuations if you're running behind value. Um, that's one thing that I consider as the biggest lesson ever for me. Got it. All right. For, for you, Dave, what was your skill or what kind of experience you develop in your past hustles that you applied the most now in, in Sold Out? Okay. Um, well, just to give you a background, I, I was in the e-commerce space before. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. That was my first startup and it failed, okay. which is good for okay. me because it's a good learning, a lot of learning from that. Yep. But, but one interesting thing was that um, I started to understand how the, the mindset of startup uh, the whole concept of startup is, you know, like you, you have a product, you go chase funding, you get the money, and then you keep building, yeah. right? So we went that route. And then what happened was um, before we got funding, we scaled up by a lot. We went like three times growth or something like wow. that. Wow. But around that time, we needed, it was the moment of truth. Uh, if you don't get a funding within the next six months, we die. Like, Literally, we die. No matter how big we are at that point of time, we die. Yep. And then we realized one thing that it doesn't matter if you're a startup or in a small business or a corporate, cash flow is so important. Cash is king, man. Cash flow is so important. Yep. Investors don't give you money. And if you don't have cash flow, you shut down. Yes. You know? uh, the thing is, you don't have a good product. If you don't have cash flow, you can't build it. You know? yep. like, uh, the thing is, a lot of people don't understand that if you can't build that cash flow, you can't survive on your own. Yeah. That's, that's actually something that I learned. So okay. the next startup that I built, uh, literally my new philosophy was just that um, we had to profit from day one. Got it. And that, had prof that profit that we make has to be reinvested in the, in the startup until we get funding. And believe it or not, like three years later, I'm not even looking for funding anymore. Wow. The idea is uh, we kind of shift the mindset altogether uh, from um, chasing the money to come and build the product to uh, building the product uh, for money. what the clients yeah. want and right. go and sell it to the clients so you get Absolutely. the money out of it. You know? That is amazing. And we kept doing this and that's the hustle thing that we do. Like We build it so fast. We sell so fast and we make a lot of cash flow. And then reinvest. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. And now we keep doing this and keep doing and doing, doing until we have enough money to uh, probably equal to the amount that we were looking for funding. You know? But what do you invest on? Because it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to reinvest and shit and whatnot. 
Well, well, do you invest in people? Do you invest in product? Or do you? It's a mixture of a lot of things. Well, it's actually both um, in the product, and obviously that comes with the people as well, right? Okay. But I think more importantly, again, coming back to this, it's not about the money. Got it. It's actually what you think is going to solve the problem, right? And the only way to find out uh, if something is solving the problem or not is going to the consumer or going to the client directly. Now, think about this. Earlier, when you talk to investors to get the money to invest in a business right. and then solve a problem, right? Now, you're selling the idea to the customers to get the, the funds, the cash. Yeah. When you're selling them the idea, you're validating your ideas. Right. And then you know what works, what doesn't work. You know what they'll pay for, that's for sure. Because they're asking for money in return. Exactly. Okay. Not just for random feedback. Yeah. Okay. So it. if they're paying for something, that means it's solving their problems. Absolutely. Okay. And now when you've sold that idea and you build it, you, are, you have a startup then. Because now you're solving problems and the formulas are right. Okay. You know? That's good. Okay, for you, Goldie, um, you've been hustling, supporting this whole ecosystem like it's your baby. But what are the key core skills you develop through time in your space, in your time in idea space and whatnot that allows you to do your hustle well now? Um, context also. Um, ever since I started working, I was always in tech. Not deliberate. Um, I didn't know how to code. It just happened, right? Um, when I was in um, tech corporations, um, the, the hustle is similar. With tech, you look at problems that are there, figure out ways to solve these problems, and roll out things as fast as possible. And things fail, things succeed. That's just part of it, right? Yep. But in the process of creating these things, whether in large organizations or small, is being able to um, connect to different stakeholders. Yep. Yes, your development team, but again, you go back to the problem, right? Why, why are we building this in the first place? There's a problem. Uh, knowing the stakeholders there, mm -hmm. being able to get the right people to say yes, yes, and like build it, roll it out, understand the feedback, whether mm. it's good or not, it's still feedback, and feedback is a gift. Got it. I think that's one of the key takeaways for both uh, working in uh, tech corporations and doing entrepreneur support, right? So you now have empathy because you know what they're exactly going through. Exactly. Wow. Empathy. It sounds cheesy, but it's so important, right? Yes. Super. Absolutely. All right. Now, let's open the floor to the to, to, to people who want to ask. I see very interested people. Thank you very much. Okay. If, and what not? Is there, do we have any person that wants to ask? What not? Okay. Cool. But... Let's proceed. Now, last question before we wrap this baby up. What was the biggest failure that you've ever had uh, that, that's most profound that kind of that defined your journey and how did you react to that? Sorry, with you, Goldie. Okay. For me, it's not necessarily just one incident, right? But okay. all those moments that I decided not to speak up just because you're expected to not speak up. Okay. Because you know you're not supposed you know you're supposed to be you know diligent and compliant and all right. these things. While it makes things seemingly peaceful, it doesn't solve problems. In mm. fact, sometimes it deepens problems. So I think um, we don't want to make failures fatal. Yeah. That's why we learn from them. Yep. And so I think in in entrepreneur support work. It's very important that as we get stake, uh, stakeholders together, it's important to speak up. Call it call out. Call out what's yeah. good, 
and double down on that, mm. call out what's bad, and let's all collectively learn from it. it. All right, for you, uh, D- DM. Biggest failure. It, it's okay. So, just before the context, for sure, this. sure. So when I came to Philippines, uh, I only knew few people, and all of them were expats, right? So okay. we were. I was on a team with like 22 expats, okay. and we were all living alone, like new country, new everything. Uh, at that point, when we were exploring a lot, some of the failures or things for me that kept in mind was also something that my dad would tell me. Okay. A lot of it, right? Uh, the first thing that I learned personally uh, over time is never be afraid to ask for feedback. Uh, it's okay. The worst can happen is they said they would say that you suck. Yeah. It's fine. It's like at least you got something out of it, and. If you let that become very personal, then uh, then you would want to manage it, mm-hmm. but never be afraid to ask for feedback. Second is, as as a startup or any business that you're in, don't consider just business as business. Business is also people. Yep. Uh, one of the things that my dad would always say is never forget uh, that people, you don't have employees that you own, you have employees that they gave their time to you. So always yes. respect their time uh, in terms of money, in terms of uh, this thing. So that's, and the third biggest thing that I have, uh, something that I practice more and more, I try to put in more effort, um, which is what, you, what you've told might not be the same thing what they've understood. Got it. Uh, even if you've tried to tell something or if you're good at it or bad at it, just make sure that it's, it's understood in the, same, in the right way for the person that you're conversing with. Mm-hmm. It can be whether a pitch or a sales or your own employees or your girlfriend, whoever it is. Uh, so comms is something that I really, really put in effort to, whether it's uh, uh, email. I have a problem writing. Got it. So most of the thing I prefer talking, but the same thing I have to make sure that they've understood what I'm saying as well. Okay. So these three are my top three things. All right. Lastly, for Dave, what was your biggest learning from any failure, your most profound failure that you had? Um, well, failures, there's like plenty of them. Um, and I, I think uh, I just heard somebody, I, I just got back from Europe, and somebody said this was very interesting. You either win... Or you learn. There you go. I think that's Alanis Morissette. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, uh, failures are failures. People right. are scared about it. But the mm-hmm. thing is, I, I don't, I don't really understand the concept of failure anymore. I understand the concept of learning. Got it. Learning is actually failing to learn. You know. Like, Got it. Um, but the, 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 I think the thing that uh, I, I probably personally, I think this is very personal to me, uh, that I failed and now I've literally change the way around of doing things mm-hmm. is actually uh, when you plan to do something. Yep. Uh, let's say, for example, you want to build a new really good idea or a product or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You tend to think too much. Okay. And then you, think to, uh, you tend to plan too much. You start like, uh, firing your Excel sheet and then start doing all of that and stuff like right. that. And what happens is 99% of the time, it doesn't turn out to be that way. Correct. And... Uh, I think fast forward three years now, I don't do that anymore. Okay. Um, what I do is I just go and build it first, 
and then do the Excel sheets later. Because once you do it, uh, you show that there's action. Mm. It kind of creates an energy, right? It creates an energy. It creates a good morale within your team, and at the same time, it also creates an energy for you to go and sell that idea to somebody. And believe it or not, when somebody has a product that's that's running already versus just an idea, people are more into the product that's that's tangible, right? And it kind of that that kind of turned the mindset all around for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's more about action, 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 mm-hmm. rather than just thinking, thinking, thinking. You know. Got it. So, so no more analysis paralysis, but the hustle. Yeah, there the hustle. Go. All right. Thank you guys for for coming into the show again, and thank you for our very lovely audience today who are very active. Shout out to you. Uh, I'm just kidding. But again, um, if you're listening to the podcast right now, don't forget to follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And if you heard any um, show notes, I mean any show notes with the back, um, if you have any questions or any jargon, we're going to do it in the show notes and follow the Hustle Share community on Facebook or message us on the Hustle Share chatbot at m.me slash Hustle Share. I think we're going to do a Q&A. The girl says Q&A. Do another Q&A. So many Q&As. Oh. oh, there you go. Yes. Please state your name and uh, your question because uh, you're going to be on the podcast. Sure. Hi, my name is Ken. Um, yes. My question is, we've been talking about failure and, you know, failure is a thing in the startup environment. Yeah. But then how do, you, how do you differentiate failing for learning and recklessness? Got it. So who would you want to answer this question? All three. Huh? Can I have all three? Uh, sure, sure. Okay, right, game. Thank oh, you. Tita, who, who wants to go first? All right, okay. So, All right. Uh, good point. Um, so I think before we label failure as such, right, we need to understand also the context of why we put a success as a success and a failure as a failure. Regardless of whether that might be in the context of one startup or one's life, right? Um, second is... If it's a failure, um, did is was there learning there? I think really the true failure is going through an adverse situation, but not reaping any learning from that adverse situation, right? Um, so, for example, if in running a startup, there's uh, an initial initial build, an alpha thing that you're rolling out. Um, there are some things, build, measure, learn, right? Um, there's things that, you know, have a good signal and things that don't. We need to understand why uh, things are such. So I think ultimately the failure, which we can all mitigate, is learning from that situation and like analyzing why things are the way that they are and reaping what worked and again doubling down on that and then understanding what didn't work and making sure not to do that again, right? So I think that's very applicable to running a startup, to living life, um, and just really have a, a learner's mindset and ha- be very, being very intentional about the things that we do as well. DM? So, okay. Uh, for me, it's two things. Uh, that's a question that kind of resonates very close to me because people come to me in a DM, it's okay, I had a failed startup. I'm like, that is not something, okay, you <laughs> learned something, but it's okay, it's not a Right, uh, right. Thrown. You don't throw it away just yeah. like, oh, hey, I got um, failed. Right. So I'm, I'm a math guy. 
So I break down things and my team is also something like that, right? So the way we look at any failure or is one, the failure happened is because of what? Because you lacked research? Because your failure is, might not be the first time. Tens and, tens and thousands of people would have done the same mistake before. And there are channels like podcasts, books. Like for me, I carry earphones everywhere. Yep. Um, am I making the same mistake? Even before I'm doing any, let's say, new initiative, what's the failure thing, stories that I've before? And I, if I haven't done the research, that's, the, that's a reckless move, right? And after, let's say, if something that I did not have access to resources, and this is something that you asked, what changed between 2012 to right now? Yep. 2012, the ecosystem did not have access to mentors that easily. There wasn't even an ecosystem at all. Right? So, right. But today, even if you just walk around, you have so many people who've done a lot of business uh, in their life. So for me, from failure is two things. One, what's your research behind the failure? And what's going to be a research after failure? So if you can break that things, then it's easier for you to think, hey, wait, it was this a stupid mistake or it's something that was an amazing mistake that I want to share it with everyone that they should not make the same thing. So it falls under two categories for us. All right. And Dave? Um, I think for me, maybe it's a little different perspective from, uh, from what you've heard. Um, why would you call failure as reckless? I mean, if, if, you, if you, maybe a good example is like when a, when a baby is born and he's learning to walk. So every time he's learning to walk uh, and it, he falls, right? Do you call that as reckless? Or is it just trying to basically learn a new skill, which is walking? And everybody's gone through that in their lives. Are we saying that, okay, we, we learn to walk uh, at some point of time, but then uh, we did some rec reckless stuff until we could walk. It's, it, it's not like that. It's every step of the way, uh, every, every moment that you take to learn that thing, is, it's all learning. It's, it's not reckless. So I think it depends on the perspective that you see this. Um, and especially when you're very small, as in like in, in a startup environment, like when you're only a team of one or two or three people versus a team of 100 people, you should actually fail as much as you can because that's learning for you. That's, that's free learning. If people look at that in, in that angle, it's actually free learning. Um, so it's kind of like maybe you have to change a bit of, uh, of the mindset to say that it's actually not bad to fail. Like try as much as you can. Try as many ways as you can and treat it as learning and maybe discuss it. You know, like when you, when you fail, come and talk about it celebrate it, you know, something like that, and change the whole perspective altogether. True. Yeah. I'll chime in on that one too. So, I think the difference between failure to learn and failing to be reckless is the intent. Because some people just like, well, and I did this myself a lot in my, in my, in my first startup uh, called Party Pile. Um, if it's pride-driven and you're doing it for your ego, and you don't have a metric to measure your failure on, that's being reckless. Because you're trying to prove a point, prove a point and you're not metric-driven. Because if you're doing an experiment over something that's not you know, driven by actions that are measurable, 
then what are you trying to prove? That's reckless. It's your ego that you're trying to boost. You know, and most of the time, it will not come out beautifully. And you're just trying to prove the haters wrong. And the moment you start doing that, your actions will not revolve around your startup. It will revolve around your intent and it's self-driven. However, if you're creating failure, like, oh, shoot, I failed. My CPA is this or my, my, my lifetime value is what that. You can actually list that down. Okay, it's a loss, but I have a pivot in the works. If you don't have a pivot in the works, that's being reckless because that's an experiment doomed to feed your ego. Okay, any other question before we wrap this baby up? Okay. Oh, you have a question. Uh, is this an order? Oh, mango crap. Oh, just kidding. All right, I'm just kidding. All right. Hi, I'm Billy here from Pine Tree Capital. Uh, thank you so much for the talk. By the way, uh, good event, good summit. And my question is, um, actually, a lot of startup founders have full-time jobs, right? Yes. So when do you transition for your startup to become your full-time job? When do you make that decision? I guess That um, is a good question. Yeah, Who and, do you um, want to answer for this? Um, I guess uh, DM, I guess. Yeah, okay, sir. there you go. Thank you. See the HR guy. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, it's... Okay, so... Mine, I'll... Mine is a different kind of a situation altogether. One, I don't have family to feed me. I don't every month I have to pay a rent. I have to buy ulam. Like I need to go buy food. <laughs> and I need to... In Ortigas. If in you Ortigas. GM at the Ortigas. So for me, it's also basic survival. And that question for me was, it's not something I looked at as I'm going to plan it, but it was a survival instinct. Um, but in general, what's a good switch in terms of, hey, I have, a, I have an idea, I've built it out, and I'm going to go full-time into doing this. My co-founder did it. Uh, his name is Peter Cowton, so he started Storm Technologies, and he did it um, from, I think, going from Chica, from this thing. The way that switch for me when, when it comes personally is, one, is the startup idea that you have, or one... Have you found a customer? And have you found uh, have you found a customer not from your market, from an outside market who doesn't know not your friends, not your families, and all? Someone has given you saying that hey, I also have this problem. Can you just do it for me? One, mm -hmm. have you repeated that like two three times? Yep. And now, if you have, if you need to scale that up, and you know that can feed you at that point is when I would say make the transition, but have your unit economics right. So there is a book by Jason Lemkin. Uh, yep. He is by, uh, he runs another, he's a founder of a company called He has called the greatest Saster. startup podcast ever. <laughs> this week in startups, one yeah, of my So idols. it's called Saster. So yeah. he's, uh, he's written Impossible to Inevitable. It's a book. And in that he mentions very well on how to get your first 10 clients. How do you yes. scale your first 100 clients? And, that's, and he also mentions about when is the right time as you as a founder yes. to put in full, uh, full in focus. Practicality sake, so I did that too, right? Um, just to chime in, it's simple. If your startup can afford to pay you at a rate that you can actually survive, jump. But if you cannot, because if, if you, I did this myself. I went all in because people were like, oh, let's go all in. But I didn't know how to make ends meet. So eventually, I was now dependent on my startup to make my ends meet. 
So I was taking bad deals, shitty contracts, blah, blah, blah. Because I was struggling. I was like, well, I don't know where I'm going to get rent. It's not about the business. It became about me. So until you generate enough cash flow, where you're going to be enough to at least sustain a minimum cost of living for you, don't jump. It's okay to have a side hustle on the side and do that or have a, a job and do the startup with a side hustle. But you got to make ends meet. Because if you don't make ends meet, again, just like what Dave said, cash flow is king. And if you're dependent on your startup for your own livelihood, you are fucked. Okay, <laughs> that's basically it. Okay, unfortunately for the, for the last few questions, we don't have time. So again, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate your time. And again, follow the Hustle Share Podcast. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Thank you, bro. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer with its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions. Businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by Caliber. It's the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. And Chatbot PH, save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes, all by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph Run behind value rather than running behind valuation. Valuation, you will get it. And at the same time, you can justify better valuations if you're running behind value. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baipyong. Welcome to the third edition of Hustle Share Live. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast is not safe for work, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this, because today we're going to take you back to the recently concluded Tectonic Summit 2019, where we did this live podcast featuring three amazing hustlers that are unique in what they do, and the first one being Goldie Yancha of VilDev Foundation, DM Baron of Skillbean and Dave Malholtra of Sold Out. And today, each guest will be sharing how they built their hustle briefly, all the way to doing a deep dive on what they do and how it impacts the startup ecosystem. They will all share with us also what skills they actually developed in their previous hustles that they were able to apply in their current one, their biggest failures and the learnings they learned from that and listen till the end because there's an audience that actually listened to this and they asked very interesting questions where all of us chimed in in answering. So if you're ready 
to hear Hustle Share live from Tectonic Summit 2019. Let's begin this episode right now. Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, 
buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. DragonPay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit DragonPay is. DragonPay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust DragonPay.